Welcome back to the Unending Grace. My name is Rose Romandi and I am excited to be here. We continue our last week's study on actually the works. So if you remember in the last video, and I really want to encourage you to go back and watch it again, or if you haven't watched it, please watch it after this video, because I'm just building up on what I really covered in that, that video. So on that video, we talked about the duality of the, of the words in the Bible. So we have two realms that are against each other, that are fighting against each other, or let's say it's like darkness and life. It's the realm of the flesh and the realm of the spirit. Everything that you have in the realm of the spirit, you have it in the realm of the flesh too. We have trees, we have judgment, we have rivers, we have works, we have laws, we have everything that is in this realm, it's on the other realm, but the definition or their um, administration or the works of every word is different. Last week we took, we, we, we really looked at the word work there and we realized that there is a work that is done in the realm of the flesh and there is a work that is being done in the realm of the uh, spirit. The work in the realm of the flesh eventually produces death because it's on base of the law of the sin and death. But the work that is being done in the realm of the spirit is the work that, that eventually produces life because it's the work according to the law of faith. So basically, when you come across the verses in the Bible that eventually that it says that, okay, we're not supposed, it's not by work, it's by grace, but you come across some other verses that says God will judge everyone according to their work, then we shouldn't be confused because we realize that God, we must realize that God will never um, operate in the realm of the flesh, um, according to the realm of the flesh, God always looks for the work of the law and not work of the faith and not the work of the law. So that's why those verses that says under the grace and we are not, it's not according to the work, they're talking about the work of the law in the flesh. But the verses that are talking about that God will render everyone according to their work is talking about the work of the law, the, sorry, <laughs> the work of the faith. So God is talking or the spirit is talking about the work that is being done in the spirit because we believed something in Jesus Christ. Okay, so today we want to take a look at Romans chapter 2, and one of the most asked questions probably is that um, verse 6, which says, who will render to each one according to his deeds, and the word deeds here is the word work. And that probably is one of the reasons that has brought so many of us into confusion that some say that's why we must keep the law and some say that we must not keep the law. And hopefully by now going through this series, you realize actually we have two laws. We have the law of sin and death and we have the law of the spirit of life and the law of faith. One is written on the tablets of the stone, another is written in the tablet of our heart. So God didn't write the law of Moses in our heart. God wrote the law of the spirit of life into our heart so that we can cry out, Abba, Father, and eventually receive the fruit of our faith. So now this is like looking at a really general uh, way of gen generally, um, but we talked about it in the previous video and let's dive deeper in this video. So here it says, he will render 
to everyone according to his deed. But let me just, let's just go a few verses before that and read in the context. The context is where it's going to help us to understand that, okay, that deed or that work is talking about, is it talking about the work of the spirit or is it talking about the work of the flesh? So the context will help us to discern and understand what is going on. So uh, look at... Um, uh, look at verse 5. It says, so from verse 1 and all the way to verse 4, it's talking about judgment. So, and by the time we get to Romans 2.12, it's talking about judgment again. So the concept of Romans 2.2 is the judgment that is being done. Um, and so before, basically what he says is there is a judgment that is going to render to everyone according to their works. Okay, so today in this video, we are going to see the judgment that is according to the flesh is going to judge the work according to the flesh and it's eventually giving the reward according to the flesh. The judgment that is in the spirit is going to judge according to the work of the spirit or the work that is in the spirit, which will eventually produce that one. So basically Romans chapter two is comparing two different judgments that we talked about it last time. Maybe it's really good that I redraw that picture again for all of us. And as I said last week, that we must start filling up these, these parts because it eventually helps us to understand what is happening. So we have the realm of the flesh and we also have the realm of the spirit. So there is a judgment that is happening here and there is a judgment here. Okay? This judgment judges the works. This judgment judges the works too. But let me say works. Okay? And that work is being the judgment that judges the work is according to kind of a law that is operating in the realm of the flesh. And this also the same. So we talked about it in previous video, which I'm going to just briefly say, just in case you guys missed it or we forgot about it, that this judgment in the realm of the flesh is judgment according to the flesh. The works in the realm of the flesh is the works according to the flesh. The law in the flesh is according to the flesh and vice versa, right? So in the spirit, we have the judgment according to the spirit. So here is basically uh, comparing the judgment of man. Let me write it down here. So we are going to see eventually that the judgment of man is according to the flesh and judgment of God is according to the spirit. Okay, so we'll see this shortly to understand this concept better. We also know that the flesh eventually produces death and the spirit eventually produces life. So the judgment of God for man eventually brings life to man. Okay, God will never judge according to the flesh because that brings death and condemnation. So, uh, so let's, even though uh, I want to focus mostly on render to each one according to their deeds, we will get to the word judgment a little to understand it better. So let's move on and understand. Let's read the verse before that. It says, 
it says in verse 5 but in accordance with your hardness and your impenitent heart you are treasuring up for yourself wrath in the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. So let me just put it this way so we don't have to be really confused and af afraid. So here is talking about the, the, the judgment of man. And says man, you know, but let's read verse 3. You know what? Let's read from verse 1 in Romans chapter 2. Therefore, you are inexcusable, O man, whoever you are who judge. For in whatever you judge, um, another you condemn yourself so do you see is talking about the judgment of man that brings condemnation on himself so it's not talking about the judgment of God are you following here for you who judge practice the same thing for we know that the judgment of God is according to tr truth against those who practice such things okay so the judgment of God, so this sounds really harsh here, but I want you to see. It says the judgment that man brings eventually brings condemnation for himself. But the judgment that God brings is according to the truth. So I want you to keep in mind as we move on. So if the judgment of God, so let me explain the second part of this verse. If the judgment of God is according to the truth and it's against something, what is that thing? Lie, right? So if the judgment of God is according to truth, so therefore the truth will expose the lie. So reading in the context, what do we see? It says, you know what? The judgment of man is a lie. But the judgment of God is the truth. So the judgment of God is against the judgment of man. So let me put it this way. The judgment of God is against the judgment of man. So why? Because the judgment of man is a lie. The judgment of man is a lie. But judgment of God is according to truth. So therefore, the judgment of God comes against the judgment of man. So now, let's continue reading. It says, um, and do you think, verse 3, do you think this, O man, you who judge those practicing such things and doing the same that you will escape the judgment of God? So let's wait here. So it says, do you really think that you are that you are judging your brother or judging yourself according to the law you can escape the judgment of God? So usually when we read this verse it's terrifying because we think the judgment of God brings death. But we just we just saw here the judgment of God is according to truth. What does it say? It says you will never be able to run away from the truth. Okay, because that's the judgment of God, the according to the truth. It says, do you really think that you judge according to the flesh? Can you run away from the judgment of God in the spirit? I think this is a good thing because I believe this is a good thing because the judgment of God according to, this, to, the, to the truth. What does it say? It says, there is no man that can ever run away or escape from the judgment of God that he brings according to the truth that will finally give life to man. This is, this is the whole verse that this thing that this verse is talking about. Let's read it again. 
Do you think this, O oh man, who you judge? So do you see? It says, you man, you grew up in judgment of lies according to the flesh that brings condemnation to you. Do you think you can run away from such a judgment that is according truth that eventually brings no condemnation to you? I know, because it's, it sounds really terrifying because we think the judgment of God is according to flesh. Why? Because we define everything according to sin and death. Why? Because we live in it. We grew up in it. We, we, are one, we, we became one with the realm of the flesh. We don't know any other judgment. And now the good news of Jesus Christ has come to reveal to us the judgment of God that is righteous. And that means it sets you free from the laws. And you, let me tell you, there is nothing you can do to run away from the judgment that brings life and love to you. This is what it says. Do you really think you can escape? You can't. Look at verse 4. It says, Or do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance, and long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance? Oh my goodness, just think about this. It says, you actually, when you start judging according to flesh, I'm just putting those verses together, guys. That's why it's called something called the context, okay? So here it says, when you judge and bring condemnation according to the lies or according to the flesh, you are actually despising the goodness of God. Let me read it. Let me say it again. When you judge according to flesh, you despise God's, in the hardness of your heart, you despise um, God's goodness because it's the goodness of God that eventually brings someone to repentance. So can we say it's the goodness of God's judgment that brings someone to repentance? Or can we say the judgment of God is bringing or showing his goodness to man so that he can finally come to the repentance from what? According to the context, the repentance is repentance from the judgment of the flesh into the judgment of God. Okay, let's continue reading. Verse 5 says that, But in accordance with your hardness and your impenitent heart, you are treasuring up for yourself wrath in the day of wrath and revelation of the judgment of God. Let me just say this. It says, you know what, when you judge according to flesh, you're treasuring up wrath in your heart. Okay, are you following here? So you are treasuring up wrath in your heart. But let me tell you, that wrath, it comes into a day of wrath. And what is the day of wrath? The day of the righteous judgment of God, the revelation of the righteous judgment of God. So let's put it this way. What does it say? It says, the wrath of God comes into that treasures of wrath that you stored up within yourself. What was the treasures of wrath that you store up? The judgments according to flesh that eventually produced death for yourself and for your brothers. That became your treasure. You 
kept it in the hardness of your heart, you start filling up your heart with all those wrath and anger and judgment according to flesh. And let me tell you, there is a day of wrath, not the wrath of man, but the wrath of God happens. What happens in the day of the wrath of God? The judgment, the righteous judgment of God is revealed. Okay, we just read it. The judgment of God is according to the truth. It is revealed to that wrath is revealed to the wrath that is inside your heart. Do you remember? We just talked about it. We said there is two realms. There was a judgment in this realm, judgment on the other. Works in this one, work on the other one. Law on this one, law on the other one. And let me tell, let me add this here. We can just add, we can just keep continue adding words here. There is a wrath here and there is a wrath here. This wrath produces death, but this wrath produces life. Okay, so hopefully you guys are seeing what I'm seeing, all right? So I'm not trying to make God good. Let me put it this way, guys. I am not trying to make God good in your eyes. I am actually revealing his goodness to you. All right, because that's what the scripture is saying. God is a spirit and every judgment is according to the spirit. What's the spirit? The spirit of life. So everything that God will ever do to mankind will produce life for mankind everything. So if you see death, you are seeing stuff in the realm of the flesh. Okay, so let's continue reading. So we don't want to get off track here. Look at verse six. It says, who will render to each one according to his deeds. All right, so now let me share my screen here. This is really good. Okay. He will render to each one according to his deeds. So the word deeds there is the word work. So let me highlight the word work here. One work here. So there are two different types of work. What kind of work is it talking here? Okay. So if you read in the context, he's talking about that the wrath that man is filling up in his heart. Okay. So now he comes to render to each one according to their works. What does it mean? According to, he's going to judge of something happened here. So man either, so take a look here, man either produced death, let's say, just, just put this works here as produced something, right? So the work is producing something, is producing death, or man is actually producing, producing life. Okay, right? So it says, if he comes and he looks at your works and he realizes that your works are producing death, what is he going to do? He's going to judge you according to truth. He's going to bring the wrath to do what? To destroy the works that is producing death inside of you. But if man is producing life, if man is producing life and God comes and see the work of man that is producing life, he's going to again bring the judgment of the truth and he's going to bring any the wrath that he has so that life can be inherited by man. Okay, 
Why am I saying this? Because the next couple of verses says exactly the same thing I told you in the different wordings. Look at verse 7. So verse 6 said, so verse 6 says, He will render to each one according to his deeds. Look at verse 7. Eternal life to those who by patient continuance in doing good seek for glory, honor, and immortality. Okay, let's wait here. So that's a work. Okay, so he will render to each one according to his word. So he will give eternal life to what? To those who seek glory, honor, and immortality. Okay, let me share my screen here again with you. And I'm going to go undo here. We don't want to have all these lines. Okay, so I'm going to remove these, what I wrote here, and fill it up with what it says here. It says, okay. If man is seeking glory, honor, and immortality, okay, that becomes man's work. So, therefore, God will bring his judgment of the truth to render to this work to render to everyone according to their works. I don't like that line. Sorry, guys. Okay, to render to everyone what eternal life. So did you see? So the work that is talking in verse 17 is the, what is the work? Seeking glory, honor, and immortality. Let me put it again this way so you can see it. God will render to, according to the works. So God will give eternal life when the work of man is seeking for the glory, honor, and immortality. And let me put it this way, seeking for the truth. So do you see, the work that he's talking here has nothing to do with the work of the law in the flesh. So do you see, why would you seek immortality? I had no idea there's something called immortality. Actually, this word is mostly in corruption or incorruptibility. Because you believed in something. So we're going back to what we talked last week is that because you believe, then you seek immortality. Because you believe, you seek glory and honor. And that glory and honor and immortality that you're seeking becomes the work of the faith that you have. And God will render to you eternal life according to your work. But now the next verse tells us different types of work. Look at verse 8. But to those who are self-seeking. Oh, okay. Self-seeking. So self-seeking is a work. To those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation and wrath, tribulation and anguish on every soul of man who does evil of the Jews first and of the Greeks. So let me share here. And this is going to rock your world, what I'm about to share, guys. And I want to ask you to listen to it by an open heart. Don't forget what we, we have been talking about, okay? So now, let me write it down here. The second category is those who are self-seeking. So the work that man is doing, if it's self-seeking, so do you see? So we had seeking here. We have seeking here. Did you see that? So this part 
is self-seeking and therefore this seeking is glory, honor and immortality of who? Man or God? That's right, God. So one work is self-seeking, another work is God-seeking. You seek for him. Okay, so now let's continue. So it says, when the work is self-seeking and do not obey the truth, okay, not obey the, not obey the truth. Okay, so coming back to this side in the realm of the spirit, therefore, seeking glory, honor, and immortality means you are obeying the truth. Sorry. Okay, coming back to the flesh realm, so self-seeking, not obeying the truth. Oh, okay, so Jesus came and said, I am the truth. And we know that John chapter 1 says, this is what, this is amazing. Let me show you John chapter 1. I have to show you this verse. Look at John chapter 1. Look at verse 17. It says, for the law, the law was given, was given through Moses. But grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. So did you see? The law that was given to Moses wasn't the truth. The truth came in Jesus Christ because grace is the truth. So let me put it back here. Therefore, the law that we have here, which was written in the tablets of a stone, was not, was not the truth. But the law that we have here is the law of faith, is the law of grace. That is the law that is the truth, the law of the spirit of life, the law of faith, actually the law of grace that is operating in the realm of the spirit. So now do you see? So therefore it says tribulation. So now if there are, their, their works is self-seeking, not obeying the truth and all the stuff. So God is rendering to them. But what is it he rendering? It says tribulation, anguish, on every soul of man. So I, this is what I'm about to share with you. That's going to rock your world. That's, that's what I was talking about. Okay, sorry. Okay. So now, reading in the context, didn't we just read that they are treasuring up wrath inside of them? So when they are self-seeking and not obeying the truth, they are treasuring up wrath inside of them? And what did God say? And what did we just read? And it says, do you think that you can run away from the wrath of God? What was the wrath of God? The wrath of God was on the wrath of man. What was about what, what was going to happen in this wrath that was going to destroy this wrath? So eventually the wrath of God could produce life in man. What's going to happen? Do you know it says tribulation, anguish on every soul of man who practice evil? Do you know what it says? It says when the judgment of God comes to destroy the wrath inside of wrath, inside of man, 
it produces the anguish or the, the, the word uh, uh, and tribulation here is actually the word temptation or the temptation and the anguish on every soul. Why? Because man wants his own righteousness. Let me tell you this. When you produce something, you love it. And when someone takes it away from you, it hurts. When you produce lie and death, you love it. When God comes and takes that away from you, it hurts in the beginning. And let me tell you this. I have that in, from the example. So when I was a Muslim and I started reading the Bible, I didn't want, deep in my heart as a Muslim, I didn't want, I didn't want Islam to be a lie. I had my identity on Islam. I had everything. Um, I built up something. I believed something my whole life. And it hurt if I would have come to a realization of something else is the truth. But God brought his wrath. He brought his judgment and demolished that unbelief inside of me. And let me tell you, it hurt. But the glory, the joy of finding the truth was not even comparable to what was really happening. There was a time I was reading it in, in those battles of time that I was reading Quran and I was reading, um, uh, reading the Bible. So there was this battle was going on inside of me. I was frustrated. I was angry. I didn't want to let go of what I used to believe. And honestly, guys, this is what's happening to every single one of us. Every time you hear a truth, our immediate reaction, most of the time when we are in the all the time when we are in the flesh is we want to hang on to this lie and we don't want to let it go. And that becomes that anguish of our souls. So let me tell you, I remember I was just talking to Jesus to someone and few, something happened and she called me and she said, I haven't been sleeping. I mean, I'm in this war. I can't sleep because of what you said. I am in this anguish until you let it go and embrace the truth. God will bring that so that you realize what you produced is not producing life inside of you. He must come to destroy unrighteousness inside of you. And as long as you love unrighteousness and you don't love the Lord God and you're seeking yourself, the cross hurts. What really happened on the cross? The cross was realized that man is not self-seeking. The self-seeking man, Adam, must be nailed to the cross. And it hurt, but the life and the glory of what is about to happen, it's not comparable to that really hurt that we have. So do you see, God's going to bring that his own wrath in the wrath and unrighteousness of man until we all let go of what we believe in flesh. And this transition, let me show you here, this transition from this side to this side, do you see, from this realm of the flesh to the realm of the spirit is the transition of the cross. You must go through the cross to put to death the flesh so that you can be resurrected to the spirit. That's why the cross is the place of anguish and anguish and tribulation that every one of us must go through it. Nobody wants to let Adam go, but we must let Adam go. 
Nobody, we all want to hold on to Adam. We want to control, we want to hold on to what we used to believe, the wisdom of the world, but we must let it go. And the process of letting go, it's that process of going on the cross. And let me tell you, that is the tribulation on the soul of every man. What does it here says? It says, you know what? God will walk every man through the cross until the righteous judgment of God is manifested. Oh my gosh, I have goosebumps here so you guys can see it. Guys, every man must go through the cross, through the anguish of soul to let go of what we know and embrace God in our lives. Embrace the judgment of God. Seek glory, honor, and immortality. And let me tell you, not, not being self-seeking, it's not easy. We use, we learn to be self-seeking. We are, we used to live. Every action and every judgment we had, it was self-seeking. But now we have to let go of that and seek something else. And, and when does this happen? When the truth comes, when the judgment comes, when God brings and pours out his fire on us to burn everything that cannot stand in the presence of God. As a matter of fact, in the next video, I'm going to talk to you, 1 Corinthians 3, about uh, the, God will render everyone to the works or the fire that burns. So what does it say? Okay, let me, I have a few more minutes here. Let's continue here. So, Look at verse 10. It says, but glory, honor, and peace to everyone who works that is good, to the Jews first and also to Greeks. Do you see? This is, those words are encouraging. It says, guys, I know if you're living in the flesh and you've been condemning yourself and your fellow brethren in the flesh by the judgment of man, self-seeking by law, by lies, you that." You must go through that cross, the anguish of soul to get rid of them so that that shows you're looking for peace and you're looking for uh, glory, honor and immortality. And God will give you peace. God will give you eternal life because you are not self-seeking. You are Christ seeking. Okay, so now, uh, so and if you continue reading, which I don't have time anymore, but Please, I want to invite you in your groups or after you finish this video, I want you to continue reading all the way to verse 16. And I want you to see three judgments in those verses. I want you to see the judgment that is in the conscience of people. And I want you to see the judgment that is according to the law. And I want you to see the judgment of Jesus Christ. So the judgment according to Jesus Christ. So I want you to read those verses because those verses are talking about three different judgments. It says Gentiles are the one who have the law in their conscience. They never received the law from God. They had the law in their conscience and that law is judging them. And then if you continue reading, it says Jews actually received the law of Moses and that law became their judgment. So we have judgment according to the law of the conscience of man. We have the judgment according to the law of Moses written in the tablet of a stone in the flesh, the law according to the flesh. But by the time you get to verse 16, you realize it says, but God will judge according to the according to Jesus Christ man has been judging himself in the flesh 
either by their conscience or by this written words on the stone. Both are fleshly that are producing judgment. So when you read verse 11 all the way to verse 16, I want you to remember what we just read in the beginning of chapter 2. That the judgment of Gentiles that is in their, in their conscience is, brings, basically it says it caused them to be perished. The judgment that is in the law of Moses caused them to be condemned. Both of them produces death. But oh, by the time you get to verse 16, it says, but God judges according to Jesus Christ. God doesn't judge according to your conscience. God doesn't judge according to the law of Moses that is written on the tablets of a stone. God judges according to Jesus Christ. How, how is that going to happen? We just read it. The cross. The cross. God judges. God will bring every single man to the cross, crucify the Adam, and then resurrect man into eternal life. And if that's your work, if you are self-seeking, God will bring you to cross. If you are on the cross and self-looking for immortality and resurrection and life, God will give you eternal life. So do you see, the judgment of God is according to the death and resurrection of Jesus and has nothing to do with the law that you make for yourself and has nothing to do with the works that you think you can do. And let me put it in the bracket here, and I don't want to make it, make it too long. The self-seeking work is when you think you can achieve something because you did something according to the law of Moses. Because you want to justify yourself in the sight of God. And by the time you get to Romans chapter 3, you realize that it says there is no one is justified by the deeds of the law. You, in the sight of God, you can't be justified by the deeds of law because that is self-seeking. If you do something and you stand before God and says, God, I've done this, give this to me, it's self-seeking. The work becomes self-seeking for you. And you must go on the cross and get rid of it. And that's what the judgment of God is. To bring man to a place of letting go of self-seeking and come to a place of seeking glory, honor, and immortality. Thank you so much for being with me. I'll see you in the next video when we talk about 1 Corinthians chapter 3.